Welcome to Wielding Legacy. My name is Laura Payne Stanley, and this is your weekly audio insight because the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. As I said, this is an audio insight, and it's one for high achievers, for visionaries, for empire builders, and for power couples. You see, I know that you are here, already creating an impact in your industry. You are here building a legacy for you and your family, and it drives you. It occupies your mind. But through my work as a trusted advisor to extraordinary entrepreneurs, I know you aren't yet reaching your greatest potential in your business, your performance, and in your relationships. Now, I'm known with my clients. I am one of their loudest cheerleaders, believing in them often before they do. And yet, you can't enroll me in your legacy-limiting story. I'm your biggest empowering challenger as well as you create your ultimate legacy. So this audio insight is called Wielding Legacy because, as I said, the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. Episode nine, how to stop self-sabotaging where you are seeking out the negative part two. So welcome back to part two on self-sabotage. And we're going to reconnect with actually what self-sabotage is as it relates to attachments, which is largely subconscious tendencies to seek out negative behavior or to do things that can cause you to be unhappy. Now, a quick reminder that this is part two of self-sabotage. So go back to episode seven to catch up on the first part. And in episode seven, we'd gone through the idea of what your vessel is and how you're actually feeding it because you can be attached to negative feelings, those of control, deprivation, and rejection. We also went through the first stage of stopping self-sabotage, which is awareness. So if you're coming straight to episode nine here, I would recommend you to go back and listen to episode seven. But if you have, thank you for joining me today as we're gonna dive into the next stage of self-sabotage. Ideally, you know, you've done some work on if you started to to take it on board, which is you have. The reality is, if you've listened to episode seven, your subconscious mind is already looking at this, which is great. But it also might put up some defenses. So just be aware of that because your vessel that we discussed is Trixie. It has no wish to go anywhere. So it might be putting up all kinds of obstacles right now, including you've started to listen to this episode, you've connected with the word vessel, it's connected with the word vessel, and it says, oh, we don't have time to do this episode right now. We'll come back to it. That is classic self-sabotage vessel feeding behavior. So if you're doing that right now and you're thinking, I haven't got time for this, hell yes, you have, because I've kept it nice and short, because this is important work. So we've done stage one of awareness. Let's move on to step number two or stage number two, which is stop. The next step really is what it says on the tin, stop. Because once you're aware that a decision is being driven by your vessel, not by your higher purpose, then you need to stop to consider what is really going on. Your vessel is going to keep trying to go on an autopilot, make decisions, you know, kind of feel like you're like a zombie. You see this where people head to the fridge for food, unconsciously eating before they've even thought about it. So we need to make sure now we start taking back control. So whatever the situation, 
you've caught your vessel red-handed, trying to lead you into a decision that will bring about negativity, even if it's not obvious. You have taken control of your vessel red-handed before it's trying to engage in its sneaky behavior. You then need to take time to consciously evaluate the decision in terms of self-sabotage. So whatever the decision is that you think your vessel is trying to take over, I want you to ask yourself, whatever decision you're making, will the decision make you feel awesome, proud and positive for the duration or can you see the scope for negativity? Let me give you a little bit plainer. Are you going to feel awesome in that moment when you've made the decision? But is there a duration after the decision is first made that you then might feel regret or shame or any kind of negativity towards yourself? Here's a live example. When I talked about food with the fridge, you may have that high when you eat something like, oh, do you know, totally worth it. And a minute or two later, why did I do that? Why did I break the food that I was trying to stick to? Or why haven't I done that thing on the to-do list? Why have I procrastinated? And in that moment, it feels great when you are researching something on the internet, when you've gone down a TikTok rabbit hole, it feels awesome. And then, then the duration happens. Then it starts to creep in. I've done it again. I haven't been productive. I didn't hit my daily goals. I didn't stick to what I said I was going to do. But when you make the evaluation, when you're stopping, so you've stopped, you're aware of it, you've stopped and you said, right, who's driving this decision? Am I doing this because I'm going to feel um, awesome for a duration or just in the immediate part? You're in a position of conscious choice. Now, an example of this is from a recent client. I was working with her on redefining success. Uh, She had success in her business life. It was very successful. Yet her personal life, she wasn't feeling the same level of happiness. And this was specifically around her health. She knew what food was great for her to eat and she knew what exercise she should be doing. So this wasn't an information issue here. It wasn't that she had a lack of knowledge. She had all that and she'd done it many times. But her vessel was in control. And specifically for her, she was actually attached to feelings of deprivation because she wanted to open her heart and be in a loving relationship. Well, I say she wants to, her conscious mind wanted to, right? But her vessel in her unconscious mind wanted to keep her feeling deprived of the love that she was looking for. Now, for her vessel to remain, she couldn't achieve her outcome because then the vessel wouldn't be needed and would go away. So her vessel tried to stay alive, tried to stay valid and tried to keep her feeling like she couldn't be loved which in turn then triggered her to use food as a comfort and a substitute for love. But then this is where the cycle starts, you see, because her vessel was in control. So she wanted love, then she was feeling like she couldn't be loved or she wasn't deserving of love. So then she'd eat food, but then she would re-trigger herself because then she definitely wasn't good enough to be loved because she'd just given herself evidence of why she wasn't good enough to be loved because she'd just broken her own goal and she'd eaten food that she knew she didn't actually want to eat. So can you see how sneaky the vessel is? And the vessels love these kind of perpetual cycles. They love keeping you stuck. 
because then you just end up in this never ending loop of I've now done that for therefore then I don't get the thing I wanted to oh no I've done it again therefore I don't get the thing I want to so they just keep wanting you to loop so how was a vessel actually I'm gonna say facilitating her to do this loop well, when she came to time to scheduling times with her clients, she, she, AKA her vessel, had a habit when you looked at her time block and schedule of making sure that she had very, very limited time for lunch in her schedule. Okay. So she didn't have the required time to do some prep or to go and sit and consciously eat her lunch. Why was a vessel doing this? This is a sneaky part because consciously she knew what she should be doing. Her vessel then could tell her, it's okay for you to grab something on the go because you're really busy. So by her vessel unconsciously helping her to keep that lunchtime window so small that she could never properly eat lunch or consciously eat lunch as well, it was then perfectly valid and reasonable for her just to grab whatever she needed. And what she needed to do was step one. She needed to be aware of when the vessel was actually creating the future situations. And that's what she was doing, which was in almost genius of a vessel. It wasn't in the current situation. Her vessel was actually future-proofing her self-sabotage because she'd be scheduling months into the future. Because then this was an ongoing problem. So even in the current moment, if she'd realized what was going on, she's like, oh, well, I've got, this is my schedule for the next month. So she needed to be aware of it. Then she needed to stop. It's simple as that. Stop. Let me just stop. Take a beat. Stop and check in. Check in from the desired moment that she was in going forward whenever she was scheduling appointments. Who was doing it? Was her vessel in charge and over scheduling her during her lunch hours? Or was she creating a schedule? for her future self that allowed her to keep to her goals of what she knew she needed and stopped those narrative that her vessel was feeding her constantly. Don't have enough time, it's fine, you're busy. So she had to stop and do that. And then she had to move on to step three, which is act. So by doing step one and two, you are now aware of your previous subconscious tendencies that have led you to self-sabotage. Great, woohoo, we're there. You've stopped, which is step two. And you now have a decision to make. So given that you know that your vessel is trying what it's trying to achieve, which is only to keep itself valid and reasonable and alive, you know what its primary goal is. It needs the negativity. It has to have it. But when you get to step three, if you've become aware of who's driving a good decision, you've stopped, you've evaluated, you actually have no no excuse now because the subconscious is when we aren't realizing things are happening. But if you are consciously aware of what you are doing, then you are consciously choosing to feed your vessel sometimes. Oof. Can you feel the weight of that one? Because no one, like our ego mind will kick in now. No one wants to admit that, that I'm, I know, I hear all the time, by the way, I've got a block. I've got a block. And I said, okay, tell me about the block. 
And the block is something that is not in the subconscious mind because a person can articulate it so well, it's in the conscious mind. So it is not a block. It's not any fancy coaching language that you want to put around it. It's a choice because you it's in your conscious mind. And that is why that is a heavy LPS success bomb. Because the question that I come to next is if you are acting to still feed your vessel, why? Why are you, my love, still wanting to feed your negative vessel consciously? I'm just going to leave that there. I'm just going to give you another example. So I'm going to go back to the first class flight that I talked about in episode seven, or the first class tickets. So just imagine now then you're in a position to purchase first class tickets. You, it's within your budget. You can easily afford it. But the vessel can also look to do something equally as sneaky, which is to prevent you from buying it. So even though you can, right, you're not self-sabotaging by buying something when you're going to feel negative that you've bought it. You're actually, it's doing the reverse. It's now saying, don't do it. Don't do it. You shouldn't do it. Even though you can and it's within your budget and you've got everything there for doing it, your vessel says don't do it. It's now self-sabotaging you to not do a behavior as well. So it isn't always about your vessel making you or helping you to do a behavior. Sometimes your vessel will stop you doing something too. So it's really important in this example to realize that inaction by your vessel is still self-sabotaging as much as action is sometimes. So the vessel... It could say in my first class ticket example, you don't deserve to fly first class. Who on earth do you think you are to fly first class? Stop being so fancy. People are going to hate you for flying first class. And again, it's not about flights. It's not about whether you want to fly first class or economy or premium or whatever else. That's not, that's not what this is about. But the vessel's sole goal is to make you feel deprived, rejected or out of control. So I really want you to think, is your vessel helping you to do an action that's not serving you? Or is it helping you also to do an inaction that's not serving you? Okay, so in my example of the client I was just telling you about, once she had stopped, she had a choice when scheduling those future meetings that I was telling you about to check in, to see who was making the decision, to, to also check in to see whether she was doing inaction and not changing her pattern. She had to make a decision to act differently than she had done previously so that she had the time for lunch or food. So she also, this is another thing her tricky vessel did sometimes, once we actually worked through the lunch and then she'd got that one and she'd taken control, she'd done the ASA method. We had lunchtime, so she was eating really well at lunch for what she wanted to do. Then her vessel got even more sneaky. And what did it do? It was like, imagine like your vessel's fighting for air right now. It's going, no, 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 don't get rid of me. You need me. So it changed its tactics and it changed its tactic to, tactics, if I can say it, to finishing and filling her meeting schedule late. So what happened now? Great, we had breakfast and lunch was sorted. She was now in control. She was eating what she wanted to. She had the time to consciously eat. But now she was... And her vessel was, I say she was, her vessel was over helping her to overschedule into the evenings. 
So her schedule had gone later and later and later, which means that she would miss dinner again because she didn't have time. And then she'd overeat late into the evening once all her meetings had finished. So her vessel just got sneaky and went, okay, you've sorted out lunch. I can't do that anymore. Where else can I keep breathing? Where else can I feed you with negativity? So it was her choice. So never underestimate your vessel. It can be incredibly sneaky. And you, you can keep choosing now to deploy the ASA method, awareness, stop and action. Or you can choose to feed your vessel. And this is why I say it's to a choice now for you, my friend, because I've put it in your conscious mind. By listening to me today on Wielding Legacy, it is now in your conscious mind. So if you're choosing to keep doing it, let's have a conversation. And if you're choosing and taking action to stop doing it, amazing work. So let's pull all this together. So we, now that you're aware, we have a three-step process. Aware, stop what you are doing, check in who's control of the decision-making process, you or your vessel, and act differently. And what do we get when we stop feeding our vessel and let them die? There is no more going to be you second-guessing your judgment of who's in the driving seat. There's no more critical voice in your head. You know that little voice when you've done something and then gone, Shouldn't have done that. None of that. There's no more reckless decisions. There's no more low self-esteem. There's no more feeling rejected. There's no more feeling empty. There's no more feeling stuck in that horrible loop going in a circle and there's no more self-sabotaging. In short, no more of those old behaviors that kept the vessel alive and defined you. To do this work, as I've said, you have to, do the work and consciously realize what you are doing that keeps you stuck. To identify if you are fully aware of what you're doing and it's a conscious choice, it is not a block, or is there something you quite can't put your finger on that you know you're doing something but you're not sure why and it may well be in your unconscious mind and it may well be time to seek out a mindset coach, a therapist, a success professional to work with but the truth can be uncomfortable to lean into and I fully understand that and a lot of my clients um, I know if one of my clients and you are one of my clients my future clients or my past clients you know that look when you know and then the realization of why you're doing something Whew. now as I said I'm keeping this episode short today because it's extremely powerful doing this work. And I know my friend that it can be energy draining doing this work because you've got to dive deep and I get it, but I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for looking at, are you doing self-sabotaging behavior in your conscious mind or unconscious mind? And if it's in our conscious mind, why are you choosing to do it? As usual, thank you so much for being here today with me on Wielding Legacy Podcast, as the key to unlocking our future lies in legacies. Now, if you know someone who would benefit from listening to Wielding Legacy, send them to laurapainstanley.com to sign up. And when you're ready to explore your legacy, success, and impact in the world, here are the ways that we can start our journey. 
First of all, be boosted, an amazing virtual event to take your professional service business and life to the next level. I'd love to invite you to join me for a six-day immersive experience in November where you will leave with your business and you boosted. The next way that we can work together is join me as your trusted advisor combined with your peers of self-service business providers for the Ultima project where you, oh hell yes, you are going to become unstoppable. 